God has a plan. And we're going to follow that plan. But I want to take you to Psalms 86 verse 11 as a precursor to the message. Because it's important to know that when God does a thing, he always gives a plan for a thing. So Psalms 86 verse 11 in the ESV it says, teach me your way. The psalmist is crying out. Teach me your way. Show me how to go. Show me how to walk. Show me how to talk. This is all inferred here. That's what he's saying. Teach me your way, God. I don't want to miss you. Have you ever said that before? I don't want to miss you. Oh, Lord, that I may walk. Everybody say walk. That I may walk in your truth. Teach me your ways. If I don't know your ways, I can't walk in your truth. So he recognized that. So I'm not walking in your truth. Unite my heart to fear your name. The word fear means to reverence who you are. To reverence who you are. Now turn your Bibles to Joshua 6, starting at verse 1 in the ESV, English Standard. Now understand that the verse I just read it dovetails into everything I'm about to say. And I'll read this. Now Jericho was shut up inside and outside because of the people of Israel. None went out and none came in. The children of Israel are now about to approach or go into the promised land and Jericho stands in their way. They are facing a mighty walled city. It wasn't just a little city with a little wall. It was a wall that was so wide that three chariots, I believe it was, three chariots could ride abreast around it. That's how big that wall was. It wasn't something you could blow over with the wind. It was major. So here they are, in shut up in this city, a well-fortified city. None went out, none came in. And the Lord said to Joshua, see, now think about what God's saying. He takes Joshua, lets him look, and he says, Now see, Joshua, I have given Jericho into your hand. Really? It's yours. But there's criteria. There's process involved. He said, I've given Jericho into your hand, and with its king and mighty men of valor, I'm giving you the whole shooting match. You shall march around the city, all the men of war, going around the city once. Thus shall you do for six days. Every day you're walking. Seven priests shall bear seven trumpets of ram's horns before the ark. On the seventh day you shall march around the city seven times, and the priests shall blow the trumpets. And when they make a long blast of the ram's horn, when you hear the sound of the trumpet, when you hear the sound of the trumpet, and whenever the Bible references trumpets, it also references the Word of God, speaking the Word of God, heralding the Word of God. When you, when you hear the sound of the trumpet, then all the people shall shout with a great shout, and the wall of the city will fall down flat. That all sounds well and good until you're standing there looking at it. And the people shall go up, everyone straight before him. So Joshua the son of Nun called the priests and said to them, he calls them all in. Take the ark of the covenant. Let seven priests bear seven trumpets of ram horns before the ark of the Lord. Notice the Spirit of God gives them 
precise instructions. There was a reason for that. And he said to the people, go forward, march around the city, and let the armed men pass on before the ark of the Lord. And just as Joshua had commanded the people, the seven priests bearing the seven trumpets of ram's horns before the Lord went forward, blowing the trumpets with the ark of the covenant of the Lord following them. The armed men were walking before the priests who were blowing the trumpets, and the rear guard was walking after the ark. Those words are very important there. They were walking after the ark while the trumpets blew continually. But Joshua commanded the people, mark this phrase down. You shall not shout or make your voice heard. You shall not shout nor make your voice heard. Neither shall any word, not shall any word go out of your mouth. You shall not shout or make your voice heard. Neither shall any word go out of your mouth. Until the day I tell you shout, then shall you shout. So he caused the ark of the Lord to circle the city, going about it once. They came into the camp and spent the night in the camp. Then Joshua rose early in the morning, and the priests took up the ark of the Lord. And the seven priests bearing the seven trumpets of the ram's horn before the ark of the Lord walked on. And they blew the trumpets continually, and the armed men were walking before them. And the rear guard was walking after the ark of the Lord while the trumpets blew continually. And the second day they marched around the city once and returned into the camp. So they did that six days. On the seventh day, they rose up early at the dawn of the day and marched around the city in the same manner seven times. It was, only, it was only on that day that they marched around the city seven times. And at the seventh time, when the priests had blown the trumpets, Joshua said to the people, Shout for the Lord. He's given you the city. So, many times when we go through this story, we talk about it in different ministries and ministers. We talk about the walls falling. The width of the walls, the height of the walls, how difficult the walls were. But today I want to speak about walking well. Walking well. Because I'm of the opinion the walls will not fall till you walk well. You see, the Moses generation had circled in the wilderness for 40 years, right? You know the story. For 40 years because of one word, disobedience. 40 years, Pastor Kenny, they're marching around. Some, a trip they could have taken uh, uh, Margaret in two weeks. They got to have gotten there in two weeks. 40 years they're walking. Because of disobedience. Now, the Moses generation had to die off. See, you've got to decide today which generation you want to be of. Because it's not an age thing. It's a mindset thing. Right, Christian? It's a mindset thing. So you've got to see what generation you want to be of. You want to be of the Moses generation? Well, get ready. You're through. But I want to be a part of the Joshua generation. Because they're the ones that's going into the promised land. Not the Moses generation. Because they circled in disobedience. So the first thing God does at the first city they encounter, Jericho, in the promised land, is to make them circle, walk in obedience. If you are obedient, you shall eat the good of the land, the Bible says. 
If you're willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. Oh. So he says you're going to walk in obedience. He gives them instructions. We just read it on how they are to walk, how they are to move. They will be circling or walking in obedience for seven days before it will bring the victory. We're going to go somewhere with this. It's going to take seven days to get me to my victory. That all sounds good until you're the one out there walking, looking at those walls. So God tells Joshua in the beginning, he says to him before anything happens, I want you to see Jericho is in your hand with its king and all its mighty men. Think about what God just told him. What are you saying, Bishop? We have to learn to see. Everybody say see. We have to learn to see what God is saying. We must embrace what God is saying. We must be willing to walk in what God is saying. Understand in this story here, which is a reality and it's true, what God said, it was already theirs, but they would have to follow God's instruction to get there. It's called process. And process is tough. It's not for the weak-hearted. It's not for the wimps. It gets, it'll get you going, brother. Process. Anything you do in life, I don't care if it's a business, if it's a relationship, whatever, you're going to go through a process, and you had better learn how to work within that process. If not, you're going to lose your marriage, you lose your business, because some people are so determined they're going to see it done their way, they lose everything. So, God says it's all yours, but you, there's a process you have to go through. Some people, they want God's, God gives them a promise, and they walk out of the church saying, praise God, I got it now. And they're waiting, they don't come the next, by Monday morning, they say, well, God messed, God messed up with me. But, I prayed for that little girl sitting right there. I said, Je Jennifer, we prayed over something. She wrote me on Facebook and told me that it was like a miracle. She needed something financially, and it just showed up. And she said in that writing, she wrote me, she said, this can't be a coincidence. You know why, Jennifer? It wasn't. God was trying to show you as I prayed for you. I said, Lord, let her see it. Let her know. Now, that doesn't mean it's going to happen every time like that because of process. Did it happen or not? See, they're shaking her head. But God sees your heart. He knows he'll not put more on you than you can bear. Everybody say, I have to follow the instructions. So I find out if we don't, if what happens when we don't do that. You find that in Proverbs 29, 18. It says, where there is no prophetic vision, the people cast off restraint. King James says it, where there is no vision, the people perish. But blessed is he who keeps the law. How do you keep the law? It's a process. You've got to follow it. Side note. I'm going to give you a side note. Everybody's marking. There's a side note from Bishop. I hear people say, if I could just get a word from God. Oh, hallelujah. Just a word from God. But when you receive that word, something happens. You're under an obligation 
to take heed to that word and do what the word says. And you say, but if I, if I only just had instructions, as the psalmist said, Lord, teach me your truth. But here's a question I have for you. When you get the truth, what are you going to do with it? What are you going to do with it? You've got to walk in it. That's the problem. We have trouble walking in the truth. The truth is, if you go this way, you succeed. If you go that way, another way, against the Word of God, you will fail. And then we want to blame God because we failed, because we didn't go His way. Does that make sense? We can't live that way. There are certain rules and covenants that God will not break. As you'll see, there's some fierce fighting going over in Israel right now. And whether you like it or not, all men and women on this planet belong to God. But God made a covenant. You hear what I'm saying? God makes covenants. You're going to see that God will take care of his people. I'm for that. I hate war. I used to, when I was younger, I enjoyed violence. It was fun. Fight and all that. Now I'm thinking, you know what? It'd be better to have peace. Just better to have peace. Why? I don't want to see babies crying and mothers crying. I don't care who they are. But people say, I want just truth. Just give me some truth. But when you get it, how many times have I sat here and talked to people and they didn't listen to it? He's the way, the truth, and the life. What are you going to do with the truth? If I just had instructions, well, the Moses generation had instructions, but they refused to believe what God said. I mean, here they're following a fire, uh, cloud by day and a fire by night. The Red Sea opens for them. They're getting fed angel food. And they can't believe God or trust God. I think I'd be, if it were me, and that all that happened, I'd be out there saying, whatever you say, God, I'm going to get her done. But the Joshua generation, unlike the Moses generation, they have no choice. They're going to have to believe and follow the plan of the Lord. They have no choice. What did he say? Go forward and march around the city. Walk around the city. Just walk around the city. Don't, don't shake your sword at them. Don't jeer and sneer and talk and murmur. He said, just walk around it. And every day, everybody say every day, for six days, every day the children of Israel had to march around their problem. Every day, Pastor Mike, they had to look at their problem. They had to walk in that obedience and in that process. They had no choice if they are going to be the Joshua generation, the ones who would, would obtain the promise. Every day they're going to have to look at those high walls. Now, make this personal. You look at the walls of circumstances, and sometimes they're really high. And they're going to, but now something's different. They're going to have to put their own legs on their faith. Either God meant it or he didn't. Let me say this as a side note. If they'd marched five times and sat down, the walls would still be standing. If they'd have marched six times and sat down, the walls would still be standing. If they'd have walked seven times and still did not shout 
for the victory, it would, the walls would still be standing. They had to follow the process. So, they put legs on their faith. Sometimes walking well means we have to believe beyond what we see. Well, I see what the doctor says about me. I see what the graphs say and the technology says. And, you know, I'm never going to make it. I don't see what man shows me. I will see and understand what God is showing me. When I pray for someone, I don't pray for your, your will or my will to be done. I pray for his will to be done. Because he knows exactly what you need and when you need it. Okay? So we're going to have to put legs on our faith. That means we have to see beyond, we have to have faith beyond what we are, believe what, beyond what we see. And God says, here's what he says, the walls, your wall, the wall you're marching around will fall flat. And they'll remain standing until we see them falling down in faith. So whatever you're going through in life, you have to understand. If you've got a wall, they will not fall with you walking in disobedience. I'm going to cover that in just a second. It only will fall when you walk through the process of obedience. Only. Doesn't matter if it's you or me, it's going to be that way. So, either they're going to fall flat or they're going to remain standing. But sometimes, everybody say sometime, when we are walking or circling around our scenery, our scenery doesn't change. Now think, for six days, their scenery did not change. Matter of fact, when they started the seventh day, scenery hadn't changed. But we know we've got a word from God. We've got God's word, and yet everything on the surface looks like it's the same. Floyd, I give you a word, God shall heal you. You shall live and not die. But everything looks the same. Courtney Mullen, you, you know, the doctor says you're going to die, but we pray and God says you're going to live. And somewhere you've got to say <clears throat> either God is or he isn't. And I hear this week they said he's in remission. which of And you have to understand how, and we've talked about this, he's a miracle man walking. Ask his wife. She's in the medical profession. He's a miracle man walking. So I'm not going to allow Kenny, the doctor, to say, well, your heart's all messed up, son. Well, I know someone who created the heart. I know someone that understands your very being. I know someone that can cause you to walk through the process victoriously. God help me. I've gone through process this year. I mean, I never thought I'd walk through the valley of the shadow of death. And you do sometimes. But he says, I walk through the valley of the walk through the walk through the walk through the valley of the shadow of death. But I will fear no evil. Why? Because my daddy's with me. My daddy's with me. So sometimes we walk around, the scenery looks the same. I'm still sick. Still have pains in my chest. <laughs> Bishop, what's going on? Process. My business is going down. Why, Bishop? Because there's some things you're doing you don't need to be doing, and I'll tell you that in a minute. So get ready. But everything on the surface looks the same, Bishop. 
Hear me and listen well. We don't march based on what we see. We don't walk on what we base we see. We march based on what God has said. How? How? To do this, we have to get our eyes off the problem, off the crisis, off the circumstance, and keep our eyes on the promise. Every day, think about this for a minute. For all those six days, they had to go back to the camp after marching around those walls, knowing that the walls are still standing. They knew it. I feel stupid. You ever done something you felt stupid? I'm walking around. My God, the walls are still there. What in the, I would have said a bad word there, but I won't. What in, what in the world's going on? The walls are still there, and I'm looking like a fool out here. They're still standing. But the people marching had to endure the process. They had to rest in the Lord and be of good courage. They had to rest in the fact that his promises were yea and amen. Be willing to get caught up. Don't get caught up in, in the circumstance and know that the next day they've got to get up and do it again. I've got to get up and do it again. This went on for six days, but on the seventh day. People standing on the walls. Now think about this. Think about if you were in Jericho, impenetrable. You can't get through the walls. And they've got their armament all there. Can you imagine the people standing on those walls? Because they had armies on the wall. Can you imagine looking at these people just walking, not saying nothing? They're laughing and hoo-hawing at them like you morons. So I can hear them, they're up there laughing at them, mocking them. And they have to get out there and walk. We also, we get into a place where in life we have friends and we have people around us saying, what in the world are you doing? We don't understand. That's the problem. They don't understand, but God does. Why are you giving to the Lord? Because when I give to the Lord, He is going to give back to me. My daddy used to say, you can't outgive God given. You will never outgive him. My daddy used to say, he said, it's like the little dipper. He said, the little dipper you give, the little dipper in the heavens. He said, and God gives you the big dipper. Dipper for dipper, just difference is one's bigger. <laughs> so I'll ask you today, you hear what we're talking about. Are you willing to follow through? Because even in golf, if you don't follow through, you're not going to hit the ball properly. You got to follow through. You got to follow through. If you're if you're an archer, you're shooting bows and arrows. You got to follow through. Everything is a boxer. You have to follow through. It doesn't matter what sport you're in. You better follow through. The Braves missed it. I mean, how would you like to fight for somebody in battle knowing the general didn't know what he was doing? I wouldn't. I want to know some guys out there with, with a pearl-handled gun saying, let me go out there with you because I know what I'm doing. So people are laughing. But I ask, are you willing to follow through? Are you willing to go all the way with God? That sounds simple right now when I'm talking, but sometimes that gets difficult. What does that mean? It means we're going to walk gainfully, which means pro in a profitable way, 
that will lead us to the shout. See, you've got to walk gainfully, gainfully in order to get to the point to shout. You don't shout and be disobedient the whole time, and now you're going to shout. It don't work that way. You've got to do what God said to do. Oh, we're going to get here in a minute. What did they have to do, Bishop? Help me, help me out. I don't understand. Well, one thing they had to do, if I read that correctly, it said they had to remain silent. Don't open your big mouth. Is that what it said? You can read it for yourself. Oh, it didn't say big mouth, but that's what it meant. Remain silent. You shall not shout nor make your voice heard. That's what it says. Neither shall any word go out of your mouth until the day that I tell you to shout. Then you shall shout. The parents, the parents of Moses' generation had spent 40 years, 40 years in the desert doing one thing. Murmuring and complaining. Murmuring and complaining. They were driving Moses crazy. Murmuring and complaining. Murmuring and complaining. So God gets the new Joshua generation. He says, shut your mouth. You don't say a word. Has your daddy or mama ever said that to you? Shut it up, up, up. Not another word. You don't shout until I tell you to shout. Because they're out there for 40 years murmuring and complaining. The kids, the family, the friends complaining. I want to ask you something. When somebody complains that's connected to you, how does that make you feel? Let's just say you're going to take them on a trip. And they're sitting in the back seat complaining and murmuring. We're never going to get there. You're never going to do what you said you're going to do, Mama. Never do what you did, Daddy. I'm not, I don't, how does that make y'all feel? It it ticks me off. I want to turn the car around and say, you know what? You're right. I'm not going to do it. So God has to listen to all these people walking around murmuring and complaining. Listen to all of them. And he's made a promise. And now he's thinking, you know what? That generation ain't going to get it. Moses' generation is going to die off. Now they're going to have to learn to be silent. Be still and know that I am God. Walking well means not complaining or talking to each other about how bad the situation really is. Can you imagine walking around? I can't believe it making us do this. We've got to walk around these walls six times. This is ridiculous. I don't know Moses and Joshua. They're just, they just, you know what, they don't know what they're doing. And we can't take this city by walking around it like this. What in the world they think? God said, you don't open your mouth. And there's a reason for that. Because that kind of communication can lead in the camp to frustration and unbelief. When I, we built this church here, people came to me and said, you'll not never do it. Because I didn't have no backers. Nobody backed Alan. He said, you'll never do it. I said, watch. I said, I'll get it done. Because God showed me this is where it would be. And guess what? You're sitting in it. But what if I'd have said, what if I had said to those people that were talking to me, you're right, I won't be able to do it. I would never know you. You would never know me. For once in 40 years, they had to learn how to be silent, be still, and follow the voice of the Lord. Now, after they completed 
the word of God, the Lord said, here's the miracle. Because now you can, I've authorized you to shout. And they shouted and the walls fell. But the process had to be in place. Seven days of marching taught them something. It taught them how to quietly trust in the Lord. I mean, old bishop prayed for me, but I don't feel nothing. What are you supposed to feel? If God does it, he does it. Somebody decided to do something good for you, which I don't have that happen much. But if, <laughs> if I did, I, I can't feel it. It just happens. So what are you saying to us here at East West Church today? Your day is coming to shout. Just be faithful. Don't talk about it. Don't murmur about it. Don't complain about it. Just know your day of shouting is coming. And you may be going through a process right now, but get ready. God is going to take care of all those walls that have been coming against you. Whether it be health or friends or family or negative talk, God's going to deal with it. Their obedience to the word of the Lord and their willingness to follow through. What's the key word there? Follow through. Brought them to the moment where the walls fell down. Why? Because they walked well. So today I want to encourage our church, say my church, to just keep walking. 